Good evening, everybody. You are listening to The Jay Varvel Show with your host, yours truly, Jay Varvel, here on 1-2 Radio, where we are absolutely changing the way you listen to the world. So welcome and good evening, everybody. I want to thank you all for tuning in and joining us live. I will tell you right off the bat that this is a pre-record. As I told you last week, I am going to be in a workshop, an intensive workshop from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. the next four days. And so I wanted to leave you, though, with a gift of a brand new show. And in brainstorming and uh, coming up with a time with Christopher where we could do this, um, it came to light that it would be great to have a guest and to be able to have a conversation. And that's something that is new for me on the Jay Varvel Show. Uh, I've been a special guest on others' shows before, so I'm no stranger to the interaction, but it's so exciting for me to have a special guest of my own. So uh, with that, I want to uh, have you all grab a cup of tea, grab a cup of coffee, grab your favorite drink. I want you to get comfy on the sofa if you're able, um, because you're at home in my comfy, yummy space with me for the next hour along with my special guest, and she is the amazing and fabulous Gracie Ray, uh, also known as Psychic Grace. Uh, She is a one-to-listen advisor, as well as a one-to-radio show host, and so much more, and we will get into that as well. But good evening, Gracie. Thank you for joining us. Hi, everyone. Woo. I'm like, yes, grab your drinks, grab your margarita. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm right. so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me to have I a conversation feel- with you. Yes, of course. And I feel your energy. It is like, it's like <laughs> so radiant and so big. I love it. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing all of you here. And so to the topic tonight I wanted to talk about is the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And um, the one of the great synchronicities of the universe is, as I was talking to Gracie about that, we both realized like we have a, we don't see it exactly the same way per se, but we both see some things going on with the fact of how it's being perpetuated in fear. And so we wanted to use this as an opportunity to have a discussion between the two of us, what we've been seeing in our uh, intuitive guidance, as well as what we're seeing with clients that we're working with, and get to a place of where we can be more empowered right now and not lost feeling like the sky is falling. So Gracie, thank you so much for being willing to have that conversation with me tonight. Absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, dig right into it. I wanted to ask you, uh, starting off, like, what do you remember? Like, what was your first kind of moment where you're like, "Hmm, there's something to this coronavirus business." Like, what was that moment for you? Uh, well, f- first of all, I guess my first impression when I heard of it was, um, you know, it was on the news, and I remember them saying there's a coronavirus and it's the result of eating bats. And, uh, I immediately, I remember my face, just my immediate reaction of bat. excuse me. Like it just already seemed like this weird narrative was unfolding of, of these, um, you know, and it, it actually brought me back to, um, you know, I wasn't there. I wasn't born at the time, but movies that I've watched or history books that I've read on HIV. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, sex with monkeys. And I'm like, what is this underground society of people having sex with monkeys? Like, have you ever seen an ape or a gorilla? These are like powerful. Like, what is this? It just seems like these weird narratives start coming out. And I'm always very skeptical about that because I feel like it really... Um, takes away from the true narrative or the experience of people dying and people getting sick. So I was immediately put off when I heard that narrative. Yeah, I hear you on that. Like that, just like it made my head spin when you just said it. And Mm -hmm. it did when I heard it for the first time. And uh, it was just, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And like, like right from the beginning. And so it definitely got my red flags going uh, as well at the, at, at the beginning. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch this, but I also right. felt like I really have to like 
to stay like as the observer, like not totally go mm-hmm. into it, go into the fear, but like kind of like really take a look at what's the narrative, what's the message being perpetuated by the news and how are people responding to it? And wow, like talk now fast forward, you know, a month or so into this. Now it's a whole different ball game. And now like everywhere you go, like I'm seeing people with masks and like even in different environments where people don't want to touch. Um, and I feel like it's kind of wild how quickly the tide has turned in that way. What are, how are you, what are you noticing in your world? Oh my gosh. Well, it's so interesting because I, I live on the border of New Jersey and New York city, like right between, um, the Hudson river. And so when I'm in the city, I was just there the other day, uh, I was at Trader Joe's. There was a woman who had 75 canned goods in her basket. And she looks at me and says, oh, um, I'm getting my kids out of school and we're getting off this death island. And I (laughs) I just was like, and you're not even inviting me? How dare you? No, Uh, I was like, (laughs) you know, I couldn't couldn't believe it. And she was dead serious. She was completely serious that that she really felt that New York City was going to be a coronavirus death island. We got to get the heck out of here. And um, I see, you know, but... That's very rare to see someone that fearful or that uh, afraid of of what's happening to think that it's going to affect us to that extent. And then I came over back to Jersey. Everyone's like, ah, what what are you talking about this coronavirus? You know, people are Uh it feels a little bit more relaxed here. So I'm not seeing these like catechismic um, responses where I am. Mm -hmm. How about you? Um, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. Like, mo- okay. like I've, I've seen the random people. Um, there's a bus stop that's not too far from where I live that have masks on. And, and then just kind of randomly when I'm like going in to eat somewhere, um, but not too much. Um, what I notice is like if you sneeze or cough, people are like way more hyper aware of like right. their surroundings and like reacting, kind of wanting to, to get away from you. Uh, I've noticed that. And then I have noticed at the store, I did go to the store and I'll, I won't lie. I was like making sure that I was caught up on my supplies, not to the point <laughs> where right. I was taking all the store's toilet paper, mm-hmm. but at the same time I wanted to make sure I was ready. And I'm, I always try to be ready anyways, this earthquakes and whatever can happen. Um, but not from a place of fear, but just a place of being prepared. And so um, I, have noticed like the shelves like the talk about canned soup i went to go look for amy's canned soup and almost all of it was gone so um mm-hmm. so it was just yeah and i'm noticing like i see on my news feed with facebook lots of people posting pictures of toilet paper aisles and uh, water aisles and it's just totally empty and it, it really is kind of like because it's like i see the resp- reaction i see the reaction but it's like i don't really feel like the what news we've been given warrants that reaction which is sort of like just has my head spinning like about it Um, right it seems like the response is much greater or much um larger the the reaction than the actual situation right it's like wait what's happening they're they're disproportionate yes now, however, and so this is the part that I want to actually just had the thought and I want to talk about because the the boat that was docked off of Yokohama, Japan, that they weren't letting anybody off and like it seemed like the virus exploded, which of course it did because it's, you know, on a ship that's contained. Now there's another ship that's just been um, kept off the port of uh, Long Beach, I believe, that just happened today where they aren't letting people off because 21 people have tested positive. And so I can see where in a situation like that, that would be a whole different kind of experience. And so I don't want to, in our conversation, have anyone feel like diminished or unheard or that they're like that they that they're overreacting because everybody has to choose for themselves and decide for themselves in their particular situation what's best however like we we i do want to though talk about like from a mass conscious perspective and from a global media perspective how that may or may not be serving us to be paying such close attention or living in fear as if what we see on the news is happening in our own backyard so to speak Um, Right. It it is happening on a boat when so many people are infected, but it's interesting to see states where there haven't been any 
you know, no, no one has been found um, having the coronavirus and you see people wearing masks and being very protective. I mean, it's still a positive thing, but it's definitely uh, disproportionate to the actual threat that's happening. So, yeah, yeah I love what you're saying. <laughs> true, true that. So to to that point, actually, I want to mention some statistics that I looked up um, and I just wanted to, for my own self, put in perspective this coronavirus and where we're at to date. So latest news based on Google News was uh, there's been 4,000 deaths of the coronavirus and that is a worldwide number. Um, and then I went to look at um, deaths in the U.S. Uh, for some different uh, things like the flu so for the flu, it would be 12,000 to 6,000 on average, which is a pretty high number if you think about it, like that I, I, was, I didn't really think about. Like I, I know people do die from the flu, but it wasn't something on the top of my brain. Um, number th the, the next one on the list, I looked into drug overdoses, and there was a whopping 70,000 people per year on average that die in the United States. Uh, but to top that, alcohol at 88,000 people um, uh, per year. And then going to obesity, that number goes up to 2.8 million people die from obesity and obesity-related um, diseases. And then the last thing I looked at was cancer, which was almost 10 million people a year. And so I don't share that with any of you to scare you that there are these other things going on that are even worse, but I do want to share them to just put it all in perspective, that there are a lot of things that t can take us out on this planet. Like there's all <laughs> kinds of things going on <laughs> and Not we can sit and be afraid of all of them if we want to be, that's a choice. But at the same time, I feel like what this Mercury retrograde is really asking us like on a bigger scale is what are the beliefs and what are the patterns and what are the things that I do every day that are working for me and not working for me? And I feel like this whole um, fear-based media proliferating this coronavirus, making everything coronavirus, is not serving people. Like, I feel like it's not serving people to be in fear. Talk about jeopardizing right. your immune system. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yes. Like, so, um, yes. What, um, what do you think about those statistics? Does that bring up anything for you? I think it's very, I'm very proud of you. It's a Virgo moon. And I'm just like, Jay is feeling the Virgo moon with his statistics. I love it. Um, but it really does, you know, it puts into perspective the threats that we face on a daily basis. And it's, you know, it's not to be dismissive of the coronavirus, but what's so interesting uh, in the media, what we're seeing is polarization of our approach to this virus where really somewhere in the middle is probably, you know, the sweet spot. So, um, you know, you live in the Los Angeles area and, and that's actually where I was raised. Um, I worked for production studios like Sony studios and, you know, these, um, production houses and, and I actually worked in television and worked for news stations. And I remember what they used to say about the news is it's still entertainment they still have to make money. They still need people watching their shows. So they said, if it's not a scandal, it's not a success. So not mm -hmm. that media is even intentionally doing this, but they do have to take stories and really make it a bit grandiose, especially nowadays yeah. when every, everything has become so grandiose. Like, you know, I need popcorn to watch the political stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, this is better than Netflix, you know. So everything has to be sensationalized. Everything has to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Because these stations are also competing for viewership. So I do think that there's some fear mongering unintentionally or, you know, going on. I don't even think it's necessarily, um, you know, the politicians controlling it. I think, you know, the media is just trying to, mm -hmm. you know, get people to click on their stuff and, and look at our new station. Look what we have to say. We have this new evidence. We have the new whatever. And what ends up happening in this day and age where all of our lives revolve around media. I mean, what are we seeing? We're seeing coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Oh my gosh. And the media is outweighing even the numbers, right? Even the statistics. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, you, that's, a, that's oh, sorry. Well, go ahead and finish. And, uh, oh, well, I'll comment. well, I was just 
I was just going to say, I mean, I, I understand the threats of it spreading. And I do think that this is a wonderful um, example of, of boundaries. We do have to have boundaries. Um, one of the, the cases, we have 12 people now in New Jersey, uh, was because a pilot was not supposed to bring someone over who tested positive. And he actually chose to go against the sanctions and he brought someone over and now 12 people are infected. So, you know, sometimes when we um, when we do things like that, you know, when when we um, don't hold healthy boundaries, I'm not talking about borders. I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about hygiene, guys. OK, yeah. <laughs> just hygiene. You know, right. when we protect, we do have a right to protect ourselves. And, and if we let go of those protective measures, then we put ourselves in dangerous situations. So maybe it is a good thing that we are more aware of sneezing and germs. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm, threats out mm-hmm. there, like you mentioned. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. It's great to always be aware of our situation and what's going on around us. It doesn't do us any good to stick our head in the sand. Um, but it is like, it is finding that sweet spot. Like you said, that balance and you're right. The media is a business and they are in the business to make money and they, and they, and they are like social media in general, all about at this point, getting our attention because our attention is money. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and they will go to whatever lengths to to get it. And so I, I say that to just for everybody to keep in mind that the social media, all of it is engineered and it is engineered for us to stay on as long as they can keep us online because there is a certain amount of energy that is being given to the quote unquote system by us being signed on and signed up and allowing that uh, information transfer to happen. And I just want to remind everybody that there's nothing wrong with that. It's uh, the, 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 it's what we have available as a way to share. But the thing to keep in mind is just because that information is coming at us, it is up to us to have healthy boundaries of when is it time to turn it off? When is it time to um, shut down and not be in the mode of receiving? When is it time to just be in our own space and tune into ourself? Um, and it's, sometimes that's easy to forget when it just feels like we're constantly bombarded by all this information like we have to keep ourselves plugged in because oh my gosh we might miss something um and that's the other part it's like trusting that spirit's got our back we're not missing anything um and that we can take time out we can have those moments um so with that i want to ask you when um because i know it's come up for me with clients and i'd imagine it's coming up for you with clients like what's coming through um, what's the biggest fear that you're running across uh, right. and, as well as what's the guidance that's coming through to counter um, that? You know, I love what you said because it sounded like, you know, we're, we're, we are bombarded by information. And what's interesting about that is I was actually just doing something today on, uh, I was watching a video and I was researching victim mentality. Um, I don't think, I think that victim mentality can be like a virus. And I think a lot of mental approaches to life can be like a virus. And victim mentality, essentially, I think it sounds a lot worse than it actually is, because I can fully admit, yes, I have victim mentality at times. Victim mentality is I am completely at the whim of the universe. Like I have no accountability. If it's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to me. Like I, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm helpless. I'm a victim to everything that's happening around me. And that's not true for anyone. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. in a situation like this, we do have power, right? Um, first of all, not, there's very few cases compared to Italy or China or Japan. Like there are very few cases here within the United States, um, those those territories are already quarantined and sanctioned off, and and there are so I mean, we have the the most brilliant resources here in the United States. I like every single day. I am so grateful for what we have here. Um, so you know, of course, if you have um, immune deficiencies, if you have an immune disorder. If um, you're more susceptible to these things, if, if you're of a certain age, should you be more cautious? Absolutely. But not just from the coronavirus, 
from all things. You know, this right. is all about accountability and protecting ourselves. And we do deserve these things. It is a big part of life to treat our bodies and our minds and our souls with respect. Yeah, absolutely. And you make, oh, I'm glad you said that because that's really the, the bottom line. We all have to take care of ourselves, and we all have to utilize the resources that are available to us. And that's different for each one of us. We're all coming from a different place. Um, but one place that we can join forces on is like how we look at it or how we want to go about tuning in for like how we can, how, how we can serve ourselves, how we, how we can take care of business. And one of the ways I like to do that is to look at everything from a mind, body, spirit perspective, not just the mind all by itself, not just the body and not just spirit, but how it all comes together. Um, because that's truly how this world works. It's all these pieces that come together to make up the world around us that we see. And we can get real focused on the physical and our body um, from just the outside perspective. But it doesn't necessarily serve us just to do that. You know, it's like really bringing in all the pieces to the puzzle. And it isn't making our mind the enemy, like it's this horrible thing that only critiques us. That isn't true either. Um, and But it's not the all-powerful, you know with all the answers as well as from our spiritual perspective like those big picture perspectives those aha moments those things that are just for us it's like still like it takes time to be able to balance all that information and make it work for us so um how how do you like to go about um or like what's coming through for you, I should say, um, with how to work with the news media, how to work with our fears. Like what's been like guidance that you feel like you're repeating over and over to people? Oh, well, I mean, statistics are very helpful, right? Mm. Um, but I think ultimately um, just sometimes we have to call it like we see it, which is what the media is saying is Corona, 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 right? It's like mm -hmm. nonstop talking about it. Um, and that's not necessarily true, right? It's, uh, we're inundated with that word. You, you know, the stocks for the Corona beer have gone way down. They're like, oh my gosh, you can have Corona beer. <laughs> no, it's there's like, no it's coronavirus associated with the beer. So isn't that interesting to see how people, you know, they take in the information and then all of a sudden they can't associate themselves with Corona beer, right? Right. Um, well, that's I feel like that's like a mind out of balance to me. It's like right. to just it's like taking a headline and then applying it to everything. It's like that's where it's like it becomes that's where I feel like it becomes dangerous. Oh yeah, because yes. it's like we we are cutting ourselves off from like legitimate information that could be coming through to us when when we, we make kind of like snap judgments like that based on, because uh, I feel like it's just a snap judgment. It's just a reaction. Like, I don't think like if that person would, were to really stop and think about it and like be able to really like look at what they're doing, they more than likely probably wouldn't choose that way, you know, because they'd see right. like, oh yeah, there is no connection here. That's just the name. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, when I still have this question, which is I do think that, you know, we deserve to investigate this, you know, investigate where it came from. There was like a laboratory, I believe, three miles away from the first infected town um, of the coronavirus in China. And to me, a laboratory that is testing, you know, and most people kind of have this information already, but there are many strains of the coronavirus. Right. So. Yeah on a daily basis, we can kill that with like Lysol. Um, and that's why Lysol is also, their stocks are doing well though. They, they actually might be in the media being like, yeah, talk about it more. We're doing great. Um, <laughs> but and it, well, you know, we'll I will talk about Lysol. Well, Lysol, I just think right, it's funny. Right. But that, like, how, like I haven't used Lysol like since that, 80s so i just right. think it's like wow it's like coming back around <laughs> great, yeah. great great opportunity and weird going back to the 80s again there's like this this weird it feels very nostalgic everything that's coming up again like this has already been lived before or something but i mean my reason for identifying the source of this is this is kind of you know um, this is something that could spread and could affect people um, in a very harmful way. Definitely, you know, the numbers in Italy and abroad are very, you know, much higher than they are here. But I've actually spoken to people over there and they said they're not worried. 
Um, mm-hmm. My brother, he works in the city and he talked to three specialists about this. And they said the people that do need to be concerned are the people that are more susceptible, mainly the elderly, to this type of a virus. Because just as just like they should be cautious of colds and flus, because those viruses can be very deadly as well. Um, But, you know, my reasoning for wanting an investigation is I hate this whole bat narrative because I just think that it it's it. I just, for some reason, something in my gut says, you know, um, I, I just hate these narratives that really aren't founded on any truth. Right. Or there, mm-hmm. there's no, no mm-hmm. one has come out and said, here, here's how we figured this out. They were eating bats and the, this bat for some reason had Corona, whatever. Um, I think that it can be, that could be very dangerous, you know, because agreed. Well, because that just starts a whole other layer of fear that, like, yeah. about it that doesn't even need to be there. Um, right. Like, because it's just because I agree, it doesn't feel right. Like, it like I'm very suspect about the information coming out of China, and not from um, any place of like judgment, but more from the standpoint of knowing it is a communist country. The media is very controlled. I have some um, experience with like when my sister was visiting, and 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 communication between us, and what is regulated, and what is allowed, and what is not allowed. It's so much more controlled than we could ever imagine from our United States perspective. And right. the 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 news, we think the news <laughs> is corrupt or like wild here in the United States. Um, uh, it's like that's it's not. Nothing oh, no. compared to like what gets pumped out there. And so right. I can only imagine like, you know, some story got cooked up. It's what's being sold. But at the same time, yeah, there's definitely something going on beneath the surface that um, is being covered up um, with that. For right. sure. Including, I feel like the numbers involved in who is infected and, and the deaths in China. Um, which is kind of scary to think that a, a country, especially in this day and age, can have so much control over its people. Because, I mean, there could be some kind of crazy, I know, heaven forbid, but some kind of like uh, concentration camp kind of deal, like a, a, a replay of history. And we don't even know about it because it's like it's like an Iron Curtain um, or, or it could have accidentally been somehow, I mean, uh, you know, if it's so close to a laboratory, this is obviously a very concentrated strain of the coronavirus that somehow was leaked or got out. Let's say, let's say, let's go with the, like the narrative that these bats then received or have the coronavirus and then people ate them and they got the coronavirus. Okay. Let's go along with that narrative. Um, I mean, why why would that strain, that very potent strain, even be available? It just seems so weird to me. Um, there's something definitely not right there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in this day and age, it, it goes back to the bigger issue or the bigger concern. Why do we just accept things at face value? You know, like Joe said, Ugh. Sandy is... You know, she's a you know what. Well, maybe she's not. You know, we right can just take everything at face value without oh. investigation. So, you know. Could not agree more with you on that point because I see that happen all the time. Like, it's mm-hmm. back to, like, that whole idea. Like, I saw the headline, and so I got all the information. I know all about right. it now. And it's like, no, that's not quite how that works. Like, it is amazing to me how short attention attention spans are mm. and i mean i even like i just see like ever like so many people driven on instant gratification and not too many people willing to actually put the work involved in other endeavors that don't pay off right away but have much bigger payoffs when it comes to the grand like the like with the satisfaction that would come from a bigger project or something that just can't be done in a moment, you know, something that takes time to come together. Um, And so that's the part I want to like, it's, I feel like that's a good segue to just remember, like if we are taking care of our mind, body and spirit, if we're in a good place in that way, if we're in our presence and we are connected to our body, we don't have anything to worry about here. Like, like there's nothing to get excited about because the, when we are taking care of business and we are taking care of ourselves, it all works out. And even if we were to get sick, it's not a death sentence. No. Um, oh. 
So, um, and that's the part I want to remind everybody, like, just even if you get it, or even if someone that you know gets it, make sure you hold yourself back from going to the worst case, you know, use your power of imagination, use your power to envision that person getting better, see them on the other side of it. Do not and do your best, I should say, to not get caught up in the worst case, because when we rest in the worst case, that's another way the worst case comes into being is because our imaginations are powerful, both directions, whether we're creating an upward spiral of energy or we're creating a downward spiral of energy. It's we have we're powerful um, and we can sit back and have the feeling that it's all happening to us or we can jump into life and know that we are just as much a part of what's happening to life as what's happening to us, if that makes sense. I think that Absolutely. came out right. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Oh. It's not a death sentence for anyone, you know, even hearing this information. It's not. It's absolutely not. And, no. um, you know, I love everything that you said, Jay. Well, and I, I uh, thank you. And I love everything you've brought to the table here too. And I want to take that one step further. So with like the statistics I mentioned with the drugs and alcohol, cancer and flu and all those other things, it's the same thing. It's like, just because we might uh, have our doctor tell us that we have cancer or we have some kind of rare disease, again, they're going to give the statistics. That's their job. But that does not mean that it's true for us. So be very cautious when you are at the doctor. And again, neither Gracie and I are medical professionals. However, um, we are still allowed to have our point of view and perspective and be able to share it. Um, and I think both of us are on the same page of not wanting to disempower ourselves. And it's all about empowering ourselves. And even if we are faced with some kind of disease, that it is not an automatic death sentence. And oftentimes it's an opportunity from the universe for us to see life differently and to be able to overcome it and to see how strong we really are. Um, and if we had not gone through that, that particular challenge, we would not have figured out how strong we really are. That part of us would not have risen out of us to come to the surface to take care of business. And yeah. so like, just, I want to, I want you all to feel empowered right now. And it's so easy with all the, like the doom and gloom um, that is going on. There are, there are crazy, horrible things going on, but it doesn't serve us to get caught up in it and to spend time um, in the heaviness of it all. It just tanks our own energy and it, and it makes us feel disempowered. And, um, and the, uh, the second, this, um, you know, I, I brought up, um, HIV because something about this just kind of resonates with me, um, about, you know, the narrative and HIV, some of the horrible misconceptions, um, that have been made and then cast onto an already oppressed, um, part of our culture. You know, mm -hmm. I just found it so inspiring today when I saw out of London, the second case of HIV has been cured. And it's like, wow, you know, like you just said, we rise up, you know, when, when there is adversity, when there are challenges, we rise up. I wish we could have had this information, you know, many years ago, many decades ago, but how inspiring for our future that we can overcome any obstacle. I, uh... Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Which is, it's true. And and you bring up a really good point. It does not serve us, like, stereotypes are dangerous all the time. Um, and stereotypes are especially dangerous in a time like this. So please do us all a favor and don't just assume because a certain group of people may be affected that that means everybody in that category has got it. Like that doesn't serve you and it does not serve them. And it is not coming from a place of compassion. Like Gracie mentioned, and I mentioned boundaries are very important and it is important to be aware of our surroundings, but it doesn't do us any good to um, put out like a blanket judgment of a group of people. It just doesn't serve us to do that. Um, and that's my point of view anyways. Um, I just Love feel it. like that it cuts us off. It cuts us off from each other. And I feel like we're already kind of at a deficit of connection that it doesn't do us any good to keep disconnecting. Um, I feel like it's, it does us far better. It's far more empowering for us to join forces, um, including in times like this. Um, and so in, in light of that, thank you, Gracie, for joining forces with me tonight to uh, come on the show with me and to make yourself available for this conversation, because I think it's really important that we have it. And I'm, I'm glad that we've we've been able to do it. We made it so. Yes. <laughs> 
So I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk to Gracie about what she has got going on. I have noticed on her social media, um, her candle magic, uh, as well as some documentary. Like there's a new documentary that, or a movie that just came out. Please clarify that for me because I know there's like there's a couple things, a couple big big um, movies that you have out. One from a couple years ago and one that's just been released. So I want to talk about that. Um, So where do you want to start? Movies or candles? Uh, I guess we can do movies. Um, The latest latest is called The Witch of Hinsdale and it's available on Amazon and it's a paranormal um, it's scary. It's a paranormal. It's like a a ghost hunt but it's actually um, not a ghost hunt. It's a demonic hunt actually. Mm, mm, Okay. so uh, to give this synopsis maybe i should have told you yeah. what it's about um I, I so my brother gonna, he i was just gonna oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna ask you to do that please so go for it <clears throat> see the thing is, is jay and i are thinking together we're thinking we're literally finishing each other's sentences um which i love uh so my brother is a paranormal expert an investigator and he's also psychotic and he decided to take me six hours from new york to a home and and i told him i really don't want to tap in i don't want any information just bring me and i'll tap in once i'm there so once i'm there we're interviewing the manager and i find out that this house like possessed little girls um they tried to exercise it with the catholic church priests everything twice it failed and we're staying here overnight i'm like oh my god you're like are you serious like are you freaking kidding me and so um a lot of good things came out of that experience um that actually propelled me into magic because it was the first time i saw as a conduit that you can move energy and you can play with energy i saw it very viscerally when the the spirits used me so that was something that was terrifying. Um, well, that's a way yeah, to definitely get a crash course uh, uh-huh. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yes. And really just, yeah, it, so it's on Amazon. Um, I just warn you, it's, it's not, it's, it's scary. It's a, it's a scary documentary. <laughs> the Witch of Hinsdale. All right. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out because that has me curious because it is so especially when it is so visceral and so real when you can have mm-hmm. that that communication where where the real well reality these realms however you want to see it really come together and there's there's like a bleed through it's a whole different oh, kind yes. of experience that is so tell what me. you see it's free for prime members as well oh that's good to know all right uh, I, i'm a prime member i, yay! I actually, you know, get it yay Enjoy. so so, t- so tell me more about when you say magic and moving energy what was it about that experience that then brought you to that next place of wanting to be more conscious of that well with out um giving anything away there was physical movement you know Mm -hmm. um and i could just feel like there would be nothing there would be nothing happening until i addressed the spirits and started speaking with them so it was a very clear correlation there um and it wasn't just myself noticing it it was my brother and our camera guy who's really funny um (laughs) in it as well And so after the experience, I was completely traumatized. And, um, you know, in my local area, there's there's this man. He's an Aoife priest, which is um, a form of magic. And he started kind of validating to me. He said, you actually, your energy brought them to life. You have this ability. Mm. And my first thought was not, oh, my God, what do I do? My first thought was like, well, then I'm going to use it for good. You know, and um, and so that's kind of a kind of set me in a whole other direction where I really wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's really awesome. And well, and I love how you're like, it sounds like you're like me in the sense of you let life as you're living it, like open you up to different things Mm -hmm. and you go with the flow. Like you go with, okay, what's, what is for me here to know? And then now how can I um, use this for my highest potential? How can I, um, yeah, how can I make this productive or how can I 
um, bring this into the world in a different way? Or how can I put my spin on it? Yes, all and all the above. So that's amazing. Thank so, you. So tell me then about your magic candles, because I've been very <laughs> curious and I haven't reached out. So I feel like it's it's fun because I've been like sort of wanting to reach out. But now I have this fun opportunity to have you on the air to talk about it. Um, so what how is how has that been for you? What has opened up for you in working with candles? Oh, my gosh. It was really just like this documentary was. Uh, the confidence booster that I needed to really step into this because I've always done this stuff. But to me, I didn't really even have a word for it because I would just kind of, you know, as we do, just focus our energy and attention. But it definitely took on a new life force after the documentary where I started doing it much more concentrated, much more focused. I started, you know, um, I guess the it's folk magic. I mean, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. you see it in any church, you know, growing up Catholic, there was always candles. There's always like altars all over the church. It was that same expression at home, you know, working yep, with my yep. spirit guides for good and yep. learning mm-hmm. what that means. Right. Um, and how that works. And it worked. And I was like, Oh my gosh, everyone needs to know this. And so, yeah, that's how it all started. That's so awesome. I've had my, I've been working with candles myself and um, fire and it is, it's very powerful. It's like, it's, it's exciting to have that way to interact with the elements and like, cause I feel like, like, especially with my emotions, for example, like they just felt, they feel so big sometimes. And like, it wasn't till really being more consciously working with the ocean and water where it's like I was working with an energy that felt as big or bigger than my emotions. And it's like, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to have a different kind of interaction with our world um, Mm -hmm. and with the elements and with spirit and how that can all come together for us in a much more empowering way, not from a place of fear and not from a place of, we need to, you know, take power away from anybody else, but from the standpoint that it's like, we empower us and by us empowering us, it empowers everybody. Um, it's like a win-win. So tell me, like, is this something that you offer in the sense of, is it a session? Can like, I call and say, I'm want a candle for romance or like, how, like, how does it work for you? Yeah. You know, so many people have asked me, Oh, well, like, where do I buy your candles? And I, I'm not selling candles because I, I, I'm just freely giving this information. So Mm -hmm. if you go to my Facebook, um, page magical grace and that's ck magical spelt with a ck grace i'm putting up videos about you know what's a blue candle what's a white candle just kind of showing people the foundations but it has now become a thing where all everyone that i work with when they call me on that <laughs> once you listen okay well what do i do what candle i'm like oh Okay, so this is this is now taking on a life force. So yes, they, you know, and it's different for every situation. Um, like my brother is Catholic. You know, he works with Jesus and certain saints, and yeah, you can still do that using candles. You can do magic, but you, it's a spiritual practice. It's not a religious thing. You know, I feel like it's so empowering, and I just want everyone to feel a connection and to feel like there is something that they can do especially in situations that are very disempowering. I I love that. Well, and I I agree with you because I feel like when I grew up in like the Christian mainstream Christian religion belief system, Mm -hmm. and I felt so restricted because I felt like if you weren't having the experience that was like dictated in the Bible, then it was invalid or it was demonic or it was whatever. And once I stepped outside of that and realized like, my experience with spirit, with the Holy Spirit, with God, you know, whatever words we want to put to it is far more valuable than anything that I could read in any one book. And again, I don't want right. to take anything away from people's religious beliefs, but I don't think it becomes real, whether it's a religious belief or spiritual belief or both, until we have our own personal interactive experience with it. That's when it becomes real. That's when it becomes empowering. That's when like a step of faith turns into a bigger step of faith. That is like where the rubber meets the road as far as I'm concerned. And so I love that you have like jumped into this way where you can offer people a way to, to not only creatively, but consciously interact with spirit and in a very tangible and a very real 
way and where they can get real feedback and they can have real experiences, real synchronicities, real manifestations. And I mean, that is, that's real power to me. Like it's not about taking it from anyone else or manipulating it out of anybody. It's about knowing that the power that is there for us to tap into, we just have to tap into it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because we're so used to institutionalized religion that we can't even conceptualize this, right? And yet, when you hear the intimacy, for instance, you know, because you and I both grew up in this structure, the intimacy Mm -hmm. that Jesus had calling, you know, God Father, right? He said, Abba, that's Hebrew Father. That is intimate. That is like, hey... I need you, man. Like, I need you right now. I need you to tell Mm -hmm. me what to do. I mean, I want, I crave that level of closeness, you know, and and experience in the, in the spirit realm. I want the spirit realm here now in the present. I want a magical life and nothing less. Oh, I love that. I could, and I couldn't agree more with you. Like I live in that world. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And even though I know people don't necessarily get it or, um, it's it, like you said, it's hard for them to conceptualize outside of their current belief system and structure. But at the same time, the only way to break that down is to start, even if you take baby steps in the direction of being curious, in the direction of, wow, this world's a wondrous place. Let me see, like, how, like, show me how, like, get interactive. <laughs> it's like, like you said, that's, it's our relationship with God, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, Jesus, all of our light align team, as I like to call it can be very mm-hmm. intimate. And it, I think it's meant mm-hmm. to be that way. Like I have running dialogues all the time going on. Right. Um, and one thing I want to ask you about that. So I have a lot of, you know, inner dialogue, but one thing I saw um, that like jumped out at me is being vocal about like saying it out loud. Like, like there's something to saying it out loud. Um, right. And I have noticed that like that has made it, it's like, put a little it's put like another edge not edge that's not the right word but like another level of like wow this is like it's made it more real have you have you noticed any kind of difference oh yes okay oh just in the house right just in the haunted house i was thinking so much in my head but not until i literally addressed the spirits and spoke it you know spoke life into what was happening around us did we see physical manifestations i think that's great evidence i think that's amazing evidence to see the difference there right well and i and i i've seen it (laughs) for myself it's great to hear that you like have that experience so so with that everybody if you are if it is all in your head don't be afraid to speak it out loud and don't be afraid to have like those dialogues like spirit is very interactive like the universe wants to hear from us like the way i see it is like I don't know for those Star Trek fans of you, but like Star Trek Next Generation, I kind of grew up on that show. And the, uh, the gosh, what was that? The, oh, I can't think of it. The holodeck, this room that you can go into and program what time, what, what country, what planet, you know, what restaurant, whatever, and it would create that scene down to what you're wearing and the food and the the people, and it would all come to life and you could have this real life experience. And I feel like the universe is very much like that. It's like whether we speak out loud or write it down, that's another way to get it out into the like this world. It's like there's something that, you know, spirit is listening, not something. Spirit is listening to us. The universe is listening. And mm-hmm. I think we sometimes we forget that. I mean, I, I don't because I like I know and I know you don't either. But I, I want to stress that it's like don't be afraid to be interactive out there because it will interact with you when you interact with it. And it doesn't do it necessarily before that. Like it will it will like kind of be like like off limits or just it will seem like it's not there. Like it has a way to disappear until, like you said, you speak life into it. So you breathe life into it and, and until we say, yes, I want to open this door and have this experience. And then there it is. It's like, yeah, it's powerful stuff. But can, in a I really ask, good way. can I Go ask you, you because you're you. So lately, it seems like you're very much into speaking things into existence. But you also said that you do some candle work or, you know, what would you advise from Jay's experience if someone um, I think the beginning of our conversation was the awareness of what it is that we are putting into existence. But how would you get someone to then slow down and then to speak something new into existence? You know, what are the practices Mm -hmm. that really speak to you? 
what has really helped me with that to get present is spending time in nature. And when I say that, like slowing down to the point that I can appreciate the beauty in the leaves, I can appreciate the beauty in the color of the flowers. I can even to now where I will stop and have a conversation. But before I was having conversations, it was just enjoying the beauty like and putting out the vibration of I appreciate you. I appreciate this beauty that you bring to the world as well as like really touching a tree and feeling the essence of the tree and the wisdom that's in there and acknowledging that, that really helped me as well as uh, walking, getting out in movement, dance, like just in my house, dancing to fun music and yoga, like an at-home yoga practice is like, that was one major thing for me that like kind of rocked my world from an empathic place because I in my empathicness, I'm very, like a sponge, and I wasn't always necessarily had a way to move it through my body. And yoga was that way that it, like, just in the poses and the the different things, that it really did help me move that energy um, in a way that was healthy, um, and in a way that I felt really good in my body. Um, and so, those are the things that I that I look to. Um, to get present, to get back into the moment. And then from there, that's where I like to then set intentions because I don't, I don't think wow. it's like, cause if we set intentions from the, like the, our, like a crazy space or our, our wild, you know, monkey mind, like <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be clear, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we got to do what we need to do to get on, like go, go deeper than that. Or, um, it's like, I, I haven't had much luck trying to silence it. Um, but at the same time, it's like knowing what voices are going to bring in sort of what perspectives and from the observer being able to decide what I want to listen to and what I don't. That's been a practice. But the more I've gone into that journey of figuring that out, it's also been very empowering me that I don't just like hear my inner critic and just believe it. Like, cause that's what I used to do. And that was so disempowering for me. Like I would be paralyzed because of my inner critic, um, so it's like we do have to kind of be, uh, we have to be creative to get, to get in there and break the reactionary pattern or that autopilot pattern to get into okay, what do like, what does Jay really want to do right now versus what does my mind want to do right now, um, and like being able to like start to see that there are these different facets of us. And we might have been letting one facet of us run the show, but that's just one facet, not our whole being. Um, So I feel like getting into nature for me anyways just helps me get into that presence and helps me get into that awareness of all the facets of who I am. Wow. You just completely explained magic. (laughs) That's amazing. I I I, felt like you needed to say that because... I don't hear that as much, you know, but that, that is so amazing, Jay. Thank you for, for everyone that's going to receive that message. Well, thank you for asking that question and, and letting me voice that out loud. And what would you add, like, as far as your practice, what, is there anything that you would add to that for yourself? Oh my, um, you know, I think, what I also heard a lot of in what you said, finding the beauty is is an acceptance. And I think people try to um, make everything so perfect. I need a perfect intention. I need a perfect, you know, yoga practice, perfect dance, perfect walk in nature. That doesn't really exist, you know. And so I, I like that you talked about that in a very freeing way. Uh, even setting an intention and lighting a candle for something, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start somewhere you know and and accept you know bloom where you're planted you will bloom I promise you that but you have to start somewhere so so true oh I love that you said that you're yes I love it well I'm so glad that we were able to join forces tonight I'm like yes thank you spirit thank you you thank you me um for this thank you Christopher too, our producer um that is um so graciously behind the scenes making sure we sound fabulous and making this all come together so with that though can you believe it we are at the top of the hour we have done a full hour of fun chatting and discussing not only very serious topics, but also some lighthearted ones. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Gracie, so much for coming on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all those listeners out there, those that are listening live to this broadcast uh, on Thursday, as well as those listening in the pre-record. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, stick around for Kelly McLean. She's coming up next with Bitch Splaining. Uh, with that, 
this is Jay Varvel for the Jay Varvel Show. Uh, we're here on One Two Radio Thursday nights at six p.m. and we're changing the way that you listen to the world. Thank you so much, everybody. Good night.